0: It's the Real Faith for Real Life podcast. Coming up today, we're going to learn more about balancing contentment and ambition. And we're going to check in with the headlines and see what's going on in the world.
1: You bet. One of those is that Elon Musk has some really interesting names for his children. We will reveal what they mean. And then Pete Davidson, the comedian, he is out of this world. Let's dive into that too.
0: (laughs) Awesome. All that and more is straight ahead on today's show. So glad you're tuned in. This is Real Faith for Real Life a podcast from Cascade Fellowship in Grand Rapids, Michigan.
1: We always start each show by connecting real faith with real life. And we are going to check in with the headlines today. And Elon
0: Musk is in the headlines once again. He's always in the headlines. Seems like it. So this time he is revealing or his wife Grimes is revealing they have a second child together that no one knew about and the part of the story I would like to focus on is the names of these children have you heard this
1: I've heard some of them I can't pronounce any of them
0: I know I'm going to struggle but the new child is named Exa Dark Sid- Sidereal I think and um, th- they explain this name it has to do with dark matter the number one quintillion and elves of course elves so a great name By the way, the name of his first child, you know that name, right? Rolls right off the tongue.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) We're looking
0: at it right in front of us on the computer screen. You still can't pronounce it. Yep. They say it's pronounced X-Ash-A-12. So the X means unknown. It's the unknown variable. Ash apparently stands for love. And then the A-12 is one of their favorite aircraft. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, the the cool part about the story we want to look at today is that California has said this is not a valid baby name. You cannot have a dash in your baby's name. You cannot have a numeral in your baby's name. And you can't have this weird character that looks like an A and an E just squished together. Yeah. So they had to redo it using more letters to spell these things out. But, um, yeah, so it got me thinking, like, what child names can you have and can you not have in this country?
1: Mm, That's a great (laughs) question, and I know that all across the world there are names that are just kind of outlawed. They cannot happen. And you have done the research to kind of pull those out. Share with us what they are.
0: Yeah, so here in the U.S., you apparently cannot use king or queen in your baby's name, Okay. or Jesus Christ, I guess that's good, Mm -hmm. Santa Claus, Majesty, Adolf Hitler, or Messiah, Okay. And, man, what parent's going to name their child Adolf Hitler?
1: I know, right? But... But, Santa Claus?
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, how about other uh, countries? What do we have around the world?
1: Yeah, so in Mexico, you cannot name your baby RoboCop.
0: Oh, man. I mean,
1: come on. That's like the coolest show ever.
0: (laughs) That's a pretty cool name. Right? In Germany osama bin laden not available for a baby
1: <laughs> right in sweden metallica do not deface that awesome band right <laughs> yeah
0: and in japan devil so anyway just some fun things from the the news uh, that kids do have strange names nowadays they're they kind do. of beautiful but man they are difficult to spell and difficult to say um yeah and we saw that in florida man where, where i came from in florida just on the cutting edge man some names in florida you would not believe but Another story for another day.
1: Yeah, for real. I mean, Christina and I were right on the edge of naming our babies Zebra Cakes because we love Zebra Cakes. No, I'm totally kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a nickname Yeah, now. right, yeah, right. <laughs> Will be now.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, Pete Davidson, a comedian, you may know him from uh, SNL and a few other places. He is out of this world literally.
0: Yeah, I saw in the news that Jeff Bezos is sending Pete Davidson to space. On his Blue Origin rocket. So he's joining the ranks of William Shatner, Michael Strahan, and others who have been flown into weightlessness for about four minutes. And uh, this is going to happen on March 23rd. So, I don't know. We've kind of talked about this before, but what is the point of taking all these celebrities into space for four minutes? That's a lot of rocket fuel to, like have William Shatner or Pete Davidson float around for a little bit it does feels like
1: a waste of money to me but he can officially say he's not the first stand-up comic but the first float-up comic wow okay I was just thinking about that that's, that's, that's kind of like a dad joke whatever man <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: good that's good yeah no, I, I do love space though I've Uh, If I got that opportunity for free, you bet I would take it.
1: Yeah, Um, oh, no doubt. I mean, we've been to Florida uh, a couple of times, and I've actually seen a rocket ship take off. I couldn't tell you exactly what it was Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, but there was something about that that just fascinated me. And so, of course, you would take the opportunity to do this.
0: Yeah, where I lived, we could actually see the SpaceX launches from our back porch, even though it was like a mile or an uh, hour and a half up the road, it's that bright. Yeah. So the Falcon 9 Heavy, it would just light up the sky like a, a comet moving backwards. It was insane. Yeah. Very um, cool. I love space because you can really get a sense of the, the vastness of creation and just God's strength and power and handiwork, you know, his beauty. Um, and like the psalm says, that he would be mindful of us in the middle of all of that. That is a really neat thing. Kind of reminds me of part one of our series yeah. that he is almighty, but he is also our father. So we're going to continue in that series next. We're talking about balance. We're finding balance in various aspects of life. Today we're tackling the balance between contentedness and ambition. So we'll tackle that next.
1: Continuing a study called Finding Balance here at Cascade Fellowship. And part three is about the balance between rest and ambition. And on Sunday, Pastor Bill, you said this one hits home for you and is something you're really looking forward to talking about. And so maybe let's just start there for uh, any podcast listeners who may not have been there on Sunday, but expand on that. Can you tell us why this one is so important to you?
0: Yeah, it's just um, one of those things that I've noticed as I've navigated through life that there are some people who it just seems like the ambition is out of control. Like I know, I've always known ambition is a good thing, you know, but for some people, they're just so driven that, uh, you know, it comes across as cocky or self-centered or something. We're going to talk even more about that next week when we talk about humility and confidence. But um, yeah, so I just began to wonder like, hey, what is the limit of ambition. How ambitious should we be? And what separates godly ambition from, you know, selfish ambition or sinful ambition? And then the same thing with contentedness and rest. Like, hey, I believe in a Sabbath as much as I can. I I, I try to do my best to rest. I notice when I don't. Um, but where's the where's the limit to that, too? Mm. Um, you can obviously rest too much. How about retirement? When we retire, is that, you know, Is that okay to rest? Mm -hmm. Is it, I I don't know. All these questions are like circulating in my head. Like, how do you properly rest? How do you properly have ambition? And so, how do you keep all that in balance? I don't know. Do you have any opening thoughts about those two and keeping them in in balance?
1: Yeah. um, I'm trying to think uh, a little bit on my feet here and and put the correct words into this. But this past uh, winter, I Mm kind of mentioned this to you. I've been shoveling sidewalks for a couple of different properties. And I was ambitious with this, you Mm. know, get your name out there and try to talk to a ton of people. Listen, I don't even like shoveling my own sidewalks. Why would I want to do that for somebody else? Well, there was this desire in my heart to maybe make some extra money, take a vacation Mm. with the family. And so I got ambitious about it, but kind of at the expense of something else, which was my time with my kids, maybe even my rest. Um, Yeah. And God is providing for me in a great way. I get to serve here at this church and, and I really appreciate that. And um, and I kind of stepped out of bounds maybe a little bit because mm. I was always tired. I was kind of grumpy because, come on, who wants to shovel snow? That's not super mm. fun. Um, and my ambition took the place of contentment for sure in mm-hmm. that moment.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I think as we get into the discussion today, that's that's what we're going to land on is to do the balance right, you have to define both terms correctly. Mm. And so we have to ask the question, what does the Bible mean by rest? contentment and then also what does the bible mean by ambition Mm -hmm.
1: yeah okay so let's get started with contentment it's biblical you know the word is in the bible it's a good thing to be content but you're saying that we still have to be careful how we define it so you know how do we define it
0: yeah well i've got two verses that should help you know narrow in our definition of what the bible considers contentment so in first timothy 6 6 Paul says godliness with contentment is great gain. So contentment being presented as a very key virtue presented in a great light by Paul. Now look at how he explains it. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have even wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And then Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free, again here's the theme, from the love of money and be content with what you have. So there's the, the concept again, contentment is presented as a virtue to pursue, it's a good thing, and it's opposed to the love of money. And then it quotes the Old Testament here, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you.
1: Yeah, in both cases, it seems to be a little bit about money and possessions and what we hold most uh, as as prize first and foremost in our life.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, as I read a lot of verses this week, I saw when the Bible urges us to be content— It's usually in the context of earthly things, things we can't take with us in the end, things that probably won't matter in the grand scheme of things. And so, it's like Paul and the others are saying, you know, you could invest a lot of energy and time and worry into these things, but number one, it won't work. You'll never have enough of these things. Like you'll feel like, oh, that's enough. You know, I've I've arrived. Mm. And number two, these aren't the important parts of life anyway. This is not what it means to live well and be happy. And so. You know, God may give you great riches or not. And Paul and the others are saying either way, you should really thank Him and be content with where He's brought you.
1: Yeah, you bet. And so let's do a little bit of the same thing with ambition here. It's biblical. The Word is in the Bible. Uh, What do you see when you look at, at verses about ambition?
0: Yeah, I loved this part of my research this week because if you look at what people are ambitious for in the Bible, godly ambition... Not at all what we would typically think of nowadays. So check out these things. Uh, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, they're pursuing, they're striving towards something. What is it? For righteousness. They're ambitious for righteousness, and they'll be filled. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later on in that sermon, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So it's like first priority, you got to seek, you got to strive, you got to pursue this. And again, it's righteousness. Um, Two more. So in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, we make it our goal to please him, to please God, whether we're home in the body or away from it. So Paul in setting goals for himself, one of the top ones is to please God. That's his ambition. And then finally, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul says, make it your ambition. There's the word, To lead a quiet life, mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you. I think that's so funny. Like We think of ambition in a totally different way than Paul. He says, here's what you're to be ambitious for, minding your own business (laughs) 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 and leading a quiet life. So, I don't know. Paul was ambitious for things, but not for the same things that we typically are in this day and age when we think about ambition. I mean, who among us, who listening today... It's going to wake up with the ambition to be quiet that day, Mm. to mind their own business. But that's what Paul strove toward. And it's in the context, of course, of being a good missionary and spreading the gospel well. And uh, some of those other verses talk about that even more directly. So, I don't know, very different than how we define ambition today, where the world teaches us to go out and get the very best, have the biggest house, the fanciest car, the largest paycheck. Uh, The Bible teaches us the opposite. Um, so, one last verse, Philippians 2, 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. And here's the opposite, but in lowliness of mind and humility, esteem others better than yourself. So, really, the ambition that we're seeing in all these verses is the ambition to give yourself away.
1: Mm, yeah, and so it's interesting then that the Bible is translating that word as selfish ambition. So, I... Uh, I guess that's like princip- principally like it's going to differentiate uh, what's good ambition or bad ambition. Like that's the word, ambition. Is it good or is it bad?
0: Right, yeah. It's a simple litmus test if you think about it. There's good ambition and there's bad ambition. And the way to tell them apart is uh, how it relates to other people. So is this goal I'm pursuing you know, worth so much energy? Um, is it worth all that? Is it about me? Or is it about others? Is it to make my name great, to expand my empire, or is it about God's kingdom and about serving the people of God? So all of us need gut checks from time to time to just check in and honestly evaluate our ambitions. And um, so easy to deceive ourselves. We need friends and advisors to speak into that as well and say, "Hey, I don't, I don't know if this goal of yours is really, you know, for the right reasons." Mm, yeah. So it's easy to deceive yourself even on this.
1: Yeah. And there are some like times uh, where we even pray, and it might even mm-hmm. sound like a yeah. great prayer, but it's actually selfishly focused. Um, mm-hmm. In student ministry, we kind of talk about which direction your prayers are, are facing. Mm-hmm. Are they inward or are they outward towards Christ in the world? Um, yeah, and a lot of times yeah. we veil it with these fancy words, and it's actually just mm-hmm. a request for me, and we're selfishly focusing on me, and that's not what uh, Paul is talking about here. We need to be... yeah, yeah. Um, putting our ambitions, our efforts towards growing God's kingdom and Mm -hmm. and connecting with him. So, you know, it's okay to be ambitious, uh, but the ambition should be to expand the kingdom of God, spread the gospel, and love other people, right?
0: Yeah, and now I think you see the link between these two, contentment and ambition. So, godly contentment is resting from this endless seeking after riches for yourself, you know, this dissatisfaction with your life as it is, your own level of fame, your fortune, you know. And godly ambition is the flip side of that. It's not about those things either. It's not about enriching yourself or uh, juicing the number of Instagram followers you have or, you know, living for the likes, you know. Anyway, uh, as I say that, please uh, like and subscribe to this (laughs) (laughs) podcast for God's kingdom. Good segue. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Uh, Anyway, so with the more nuanced definition, you can really see that these two concepts are actually not opposites, but they're very much compatible as long as you define them correctly. So this is how I put it in my notes this week. And, you know, my sermon on Sunday ended up going a slightly different direction. You can't say everything uh, all at once. but, uh, But this was a guiding concept at the top of my page that helped guide my thinking along the way. So Christians are both content with what God has given them and ambitious to use all that God has given them to expand his kingdom. And the key to finding rested ambition is redeeming what we're ambitious for. Mm. So I love that. You you really can be content and ambitious at the same time. And it's all about trusting God and loving others. So Mm. content because God has given you what you have. And ambitious, because he wants you to use that, whatever it is he's given you, to expand his kingdom. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. So, if we think about ambition, godly ambition, or just honesty, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what are you ambitious for these days?
1: Yeah. Um, I've noticed over the years that my ambitions have definitely changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was young 20s, it was more about how do you grow the biggest student ministry, mm, yeah. or how can I get in front of the largest crowd of people to speak? As I look at my ambitions nowadays, I'm just really ambitious to try to connect and have an authentic relationship with the Father. Mm. And um, one of those ambitions kind of, it'll manifest itself in what what I've learned as fixed hour prayer. Mm. And so scheduling a time where it's just me and God for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however long, like Mm -hmm. your brain allows that to happen really. So that like... I can grow in a deep relationship with God. I, I desire that uh, way more than I desire a, a massive youth group. Or, mm-hmm. You know, those are good things and those are great ambitions. And I still seek to reach more students, uh, but the ambition for me is more: um, how do I fill with God um, mm. so that I can overflow into those around me?
0: Yeah, yep. yeah, I have similar thoughts. You know, um, Florida was an interesting place to live. <laughs> very ambitious down there, sure. maybe not godly ambition. It was a lot of rat race kind of stuff, you know, and I felt almost the, the need to um, get in that race, a race mm-hmm. that I didn't even want to win. Mm. I was headed for a prize that, you know, someone else's prize was someone else's goal, just to keep up and just to feel like, um, you know, I'm worth something. And, you know, that's kind of a sad way to live life. Like, um, So I, I've been doing a lot of work lately just to remind myself, you know, just because someone else is running a race, whatever it happens to be, doesn't mean, like, I have to run that race, too. Mm. And if I don't run that race, I lose. And that's not even important anyway. Mm. So so these days, I'm trying to redeem my ambition. And the things I'm most ambitious for are biblical literacy, as you know, teaching people how to read the Bible, how to understand the Bible, be comfortable with it, uh, model how to read it correctly, um, helping prevent deconstruction of faith, this ex movement, people leaving the faith, because uh, a lot of reasons, that's for another podcast, but I really have a heart for helping those people and, and teaching the Bible in a way where that doesn't happen. Mm. Um, and then helping you know pass the faith on to the next generation. I think our church needs to be ambitious about that goal, because if we don't, um, there won't be much left mm. in not too long from now. So, I don't know, that's, that's what I do, and I just try to audit my ambitions once in a while and see if they really are godly or not. Um, I think, you know, you have to be real careful, right, because sometimes we get, if you just go along with the world, you get ambitious for houses and cars and TVs and phones and Instagram followers and admiration and respect and position and all that stuff, And um, I just read over and over and again this week, so I was researching, you know, those are dead-end roads, Mm. um, or more like endless circles, where you just go around and around, and you never really arrive at any of those things. Um, So I don't know, all of those are celebrated by the world as good goals, but I look at it this way, you know, to be ambitious in the worldly sense of the word is this, it's to be determined to have more than your neighbor, Mm. which reminds me less of you know, godly ambition it reminds me more of Exodus twenty seventeen. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So a lot of us have this ambition that we're proud of. We're like, oh, we're industrious. We're make we're goal-oriented, we're making progress. But that progress is less godly ambition and it's more like coveting, mm. you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems like that's like another good filter to use when we're trying to discern if we have, you know, godly ambition or not. Uh, where do other people fit in this equation? Are we ambitious to get ahead of them? Mm. Um, or are we ambitious to help them? Uh, Philippians 2, 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourself. There is some deep identity work Mm -hmm. that we all need to do uh, to be ambitious in an appropriate way.
0: Yeah, it's yet another verse that contrasts selfish ambition with its opposite, which is humility and putting other people first. So it's like to combat the one, you invest in the other. If you want to avoid selfish ambition, focus on humility and focus on loving other people well. So you know that's just what i try to keep front of mind that the ambition that should be consuming my thoughts it should be around the good of other people building people up advancing the gospel and you know I, here's the, here's one more link for us as we begin to wrap this up i think that when you fight for commitment in the right areas that allows you the space to be ambitious in the right areas for the things that matter to god in other words when you don't worry so much about all these things that don't matter Uh, and you don't strive for things that don't matter, you're content with what God gives you, that opens up all the bandwidth you need to really be godly ambitious and to love people well. So you have to choose where to be content and where to be ambitious, and you have to redeem both. And both should be about others, not self.
1: Yeah. I mean, selfishness is... Toxic. Mm -hmm. And we can see that all around us in the world. Everyone's doing what they can for themselves. Mm -hmm. And the result of that is just a world that sin really prevails and and presents itself forward. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts... Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, in quotations, does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice.
0: Yeah. I I'll send it I've said it before, I'll say it again like, man. If we could just get this love thing down, all the rest would fall into place. If we could really love God first and love people like ourselves, um, everything else would just work. Anytime we go off the rails, it's a failure of love. And um, I don't know. Uh, That's the key to it all, if you ask me. Um, A quote from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia I found this week says it better than I could say it. The sin of selfish ambition runs contrary to the very heart of the Christian ethic, an ethic based on sacrificial love and humble service of the brethren, as so vividly is portrayed in the life of our Lord. Mm. To promote one's own welfare at any cost is to become arrogant and divisive and ultimately issues in every kind of evil practice.
1: Mm, Yeah. So do you have like any final thoughts here? to sum up this whole um, rested ambition conversation.
0: Yeah, I think the takeaway is simply this. It it may seem hard to do this, to find this balance, but we can. Mm -hmm. We can be content um, with where we are because we submit to God's wisdom in bringing us there. Mm -hmm. And we can be fearlessly ambitious to try to go forward and, and make advancements for God's kingdom because we trust Him. to to be with us and work through us. So both ends take trust and take faith. And and it is rooted in the gospel. Mm. So we can be content because of the gospel and we can be ambitious also because of the gospel.
1: Yeah, I love that. So up next week, another important area of balance, humility, and confidence. I really am excited for that. That should be a good one.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it as well. Make sure you subscribe so you won't miss it. And we'll see you then.